good morning. It is eight minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. And we've got a studio full of... Uh, handsome men. Are you in the same studio we are? <laughs> <laughs> Only one handsome guy here, and uh, he's talking right now. That's awful nice of you to say about Larry. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you think Elmer Fudd is handsome, then he is. Uh, Elmer, Elmer Fudd couldn't rock the Jesus shoes like Larry does this morning. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> great way to start the morning. Uh, you know what? You know what would be a really great way to start the morning, guys? would be um, one of those happy stories, a, a fairy tale story. I got one for you. Uh, Ah, this is about a woman who recently broke up with a guy. He had a history of domestic violence. The woman was driving when the ex-boyfriend began following her car, prompting her to pull into a parking lot, and they got into a verbal, verbal argument, and the ex-boyfriend tried to force his way into her car. So, she pulled out her gun, and she shot him. He's dead now, and she's safe. There you go, a fairy tale story, fractured though it may be. Are we allowed to laugh? No, no, I, I, that's that's truly a happy ending. I mean, the yeah. the uh, the assailant uh, stopped the attack and uh, right. won't won't attack again. That's good. Yeah, she. I mean, he had a history of domestic violence. This happened. Uh, they're just. I've got a list here of stories. Just this month, um, July fourth, El Paso, Texas, the holder of a concealed carry permit came to a woman's defense after after she was attacked by a group of revelers who got angry when he asked them to quiet down. One of them punched the woman in the face, then pulled out a knife and stabbed the permit holder uh, when he tried to intervene. He drew his handgun and shot the attacker. July 7th, Jefferson City, Tennessee, a good Samaritan, put a quick end to a violent assault outside a fast food restaurant, drawing his firearm at a man who was strangling a woman and slamming her head into the ground. July 10th. Wesley Chapel, Florida. Homeowner successfully fended off three armed robbers, killing two and wounding a third. Uh, July 14th, Brownsburg, Indiana. Gunman unprovoked attack on two cemetery workers ended when an armed passerby drew his firearm and killed the shooter. July 20, Moss Hill, Texas. Armed motorists helped defuse a tense situation with a machete-wielding man in the midst of an apparent mental health crisis. Uh, July 25th, Dallas, Texas. Armed patrons likely saved many lives by stopping a gunman who opened fire on a crowded bar. The shooter was angry after being denied entry because of COVID-19 capacity restrictions. They returned fire and stopped him. Uh, Dalton, Georgia, July 28th. Truck driver used his firearm to protect himself from four would-be robbers who accosted him at a truck stop. Uh, July 30th, Troy, New York, off-duty police officer came to the uh, uh, neighbor's aid when her estranged husband attacked her. The point of this is that it happens all the time, and yet there are people out there who are bound and determined to prevent people from being able to arm themselves. The estimates are at a low of a half million times a year to a high of three million times a year when a concealed carry permit holder brandishes his weapon and repels the bad guy. So why don't they get it beyond me? Absolutely beyond me. Uh, but here to uh, 
help you to defend yourself uh, are Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. Yeah, and Scott Van Kirk, and uh, <clears throat> he's a former law enforcement firearms trainer. Good morning, sir. Good morning, buddy. How you doing? I am doing well. And Joe Gilbert, Action Tactical. See, every I was talking to Brian Joe a little earlier, uh, and I said, uh, Joe Gilbert's uh, going to be in this week. And he said, Action Tack, and I said, no, Joe Gilbert. Because uh, that's, wh what exactly is the website? JoeGilbert.us. .us. So, that's where you have to go to find him. Now, you've got uh, what you call an executive training class? Right, our executive concealed carry, it, um, it does two things. It's, it's a great value because it allows somebody to do the majority of the, of the work required by the state online, do an online section. And then there's about four hours spent with me and then the shooting. But the executive concealed carry class allows you to get your permit, but that's where I teach the things that aren't available online and they're not taught to any other people. They're only taught, these things are only taught in one other class. So when we start talking about uh, managing witnesses, not being shot by the police, um, the physiological effects, the physical effects, um, the psychological effects, the things that happen to your family and children, what you say, all these things that nobody talks about afterwards, that would destroy your future. You know, you pay $1,000 for a gun uh, and then shoot somebody, that could cost you a million bucks or destroy your life. Yeah, so uh, that is a, um, a class that really uh, goes well beyond just getting your permit, uh, but teaching you tactics that you'll need to know, things like, you know, what to do if you're attacked while you're in your car. You talk about those things? We do. Um, we actually give everybody a, we have a plan and uh, it's, a, it's a little planner worksheet, so you can you can uh, uh, analyze your own weaknesses and strengths and your own vulnerabilities. So when we look at um, do you travel, um, do you shop, do you live alone, you know, all these different things, and then where are you likely to be attacked, and then how do you how do you react in each of these situations, and what is the desired outcome? And then there's a process that we go through, and it allows them to analyze everything from home invasions to to carrying the groceries into the car. So uh, it goes beyond, you know, just because you have the permit doesn't know doesn't mean you know how to defend yourself. That's why that class is so important. Um, and you go to joegilbert.us, G-I-L-B-E-R-T, joegilbert.us, uh, for more information and to sign up for that class. In the meantime, it is warm outside. It's going up into the 80s. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking ice cream. You Oh, uh, no, Brian. <laughs> Brian, you, 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 you can't play that song. Brian, stop. Stop. That's racist. It's racist. <laughs> Since when? Well, apparently they've discovered that uh, at one point the song was used in a kind of a racist way, and so now uh, the ice cream trucks will... Will not play Turkey in the Straw anymore. What? The ice yeah. that, That's a racist song? What? That's I, I didn't know it was when did this anything besides just the ice cream truck music. Oh, well, yeah, I don't I mean, even know. I, I feel guilty for having... Um, <laughs> well, Gary probably remembers when he first played it on the washboard back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably helped make the washboard. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, back in June, Good Humor's ice cream Instagram account made an unusual departure from the normal items on the new frozen treats. Instead, viewers saw a post about the racist history of the popular ice cream truck jingle. Notably, Turkey in the Straw, a melody that, despite a long racist past, has been piped through the speakers of ice cream trucks into American neighborhoods for decades, 
Good Humor said it wanted to do something about it. Like, who knew that it had... I'm stunned by this. It, um, it's amazing how far people will go to, to, to be able to be offended. Um, you know, they, they, will, they will do history research projects that, <laughs> that, 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 are, that are fabricated if they need to, to, to come up with ways to be offended. I, don't, I, I just... Um, who oh. went looking into this? Uh, Code Switch did. Uh, they dove into the song's racist history in a blog by Theodore Johnson III. Uh, and back in 2014, he said, Turkey in the Straw is a 19th century folk song that riffs an Irish fiddle song. The old rose tree, depending on the uh, version you listen to. The lyrics change a little bit every time, but are generally nonsensical. But it wasn't until the advent of traveling minstrel shows that the melody really Tra lodged traveling, itself. Traveling minstrel shows? <laughs> yes, and... and Scott Van Kirk remembers those. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm actually getting a little upset about the cultural cultural uh, appropriation from my my Irish from your Irish, Irish, Irish heritage. Yeah, yeah, my Irish heritage is what I'm getting offended by now. Uh, the tune acquired racist <laughs> lyrics in the 1830s. Uh, the minstrel performers George Washington Dixon popularized a song called "Zip," and I, I, there's a racial epithet there. Uh, but anyway, so somebody perverted the lyrics in the 1800s. So today. You can't hear that song on an ice cream truck anymore. Stop, Brian. You're offending people everywhere. I kind of like the song, to be honest with you. Again, you stop playing that. It's, it's appropriate, misappropriating my Irish heritage. And if I, if I had had a little more to drink this morning, we'd probably fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was good. <laughs> All right, uh, 874-9390, toll-free numbers, 800-529-5572. Uh, we need to... Uh, get back to our uh, topic at hand, which, of course, is firearms. Uh, and we've got a, a whole host of stories. One of them includes uh, a five-year-old who was executed for white privilege. You want to know why guns are selling like crazy? It's radicals that are driving the sales. We'll chat about it next on Gary on Guns, Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It's 22 minutes after the hour. If you just tuned in, uh, Larry Wayland is on board from Modern Arms. Over at the Brown Station location. Scott Van Kirk with us. He is a concealed carry uh, uh, trainer, and uh, he's also former law enforcement. Good morning, Mr. Van Kirk. And, and just an all-around great guy. You keep forgetting that end part. There. I didn't forget it. It oh, just oh. didn't apply. Oh. Joe Gilbert. <laughs> the handsome one. <laughs> hey, wait. That was me earlier. Hold on. Still you. Larry. Still you, buddy. Don't let anybody tell you any different. You are a handsome man. I got the full Elma Fudd thing going, man. Hard to believe Scott could be such a good shot and, and have such poor vision. <laughs> Joe Gilbert. JoeGilbert.us uh, for firearms training. Uh, you can't go wrong there. And uh, it, it's uh, more than just getting your permit. It's learning how to defend yourself under what circumstances and, and what happens afterwards. Uh, because there is a whole slew of side effects uh, when you uh, use your firearm to defend yourself, uh, both mentally uh, and legally. So definitely worth looking into. Uh, it is uh, joegilbert.us. Ain't that cool? I'm sorry? Isn't that cool? Better than Action Tag. joegilbert.us. .us. Yeah. 
.us. I don't know. I kind of like I Action guess, Tech. I guess it's ah. better, certainly better than .ussr, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary, Hillary's site, .ussr, yeah. We're, yeah, we're going to get into that because uh, the, uh, the recent pick for VP it is really anti-Second Amendment. Well, um, I mean, is she so much anti-Second Amendment or is she just, it's good for me, but not for thee? Because well, she does, she does, she does believe that certain privileged individuals should have concealed carry permits and handguns. She well, said that during the debates. Don't they all think that? Well, I mean, even uh, Bloomberg uh, has armed protection because right. he's special. He even said as much. Well, he is special. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to just move on. Uh, let me. Uh, there is the surge in firearm sales, and people are having a, a, a challenging time finding uh, the right firearm and ammunition because the demand is so high. Um, in fact, uh, I'll be asking Larry about uh, his supply of uh, ammunition because literally people, even during the weekday show, I had people uh, comment that they were looking for a twenty-two short and couldn't find it, things like that. Uh, so we'll find out what he's got on hand, but... It is the surge in violence and the attitude about violence that seems to be driving this. It started with COVID-19. There was a fear that people wouldn't have access to food and necessities and they might start robbing others. Uh, but then we got this surge of violence, the alleged uh, racism in law enforcement, which, by the way, doesn't appear to be true. And now we're hearing about violence that's actually being, you know, viewed as okay. Uh, there's a guy, his name was uh, Darian uh, Nathaniel Sessions. And there was a little boy who apparently rode his bicycle and got on his property. So Darius, 25-year-old felon, got a gun and shot this little boy in the head and killed him. Now, you would think that universally, uh, if you shot a five-year-old boy, you executed him and then said it was because he had white privilege, that there would be universal uh, anger and that everybody would, would be screaming, you know, lock this guy up. Uh, but uh, here's uh, Terrell Kent. I don't give a spit, and, and it really wasn't spit, but it rhymes with it. He is white. It's time for revenge. We tired spit over with uh, now, uh, shooting y'all. Uh, go cry to your mama. Like, what? Uh, aside from the horrible uh, vocabulary, is the fact that it was okay because he was white. It's, it's hard to understand how people can, can accept this. Blue is little white privileged brains clean out of his head, said another... Uh, responded to the story. Uh, Dante Salvador responded uh, with a post about the shooting by commenting, blue is white privileged brains clean out of his head. Well, when you read this, if you're a normal uh, person, you think they're killing people indiscriminately and, and it's being acknowledged as okay. And then you want to go out and save yourself. You want to protect yourself. You want to stop this from happening. I talked about this on the weekday show, about whether or not we might be headed for a revolution. 
And, you know, when you look at this kind of violence, burning down buildings, uh, I played some audio of a mayoral candidate uh, from Antifa who couldn't bring herself to say it was wrong to nail the door shut on a building and, and blockade them while people were inside and then started on fire. This terrifies people. And the first thing they want to do is protect themselves and their families, and they run out and buy guns. So I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking this could, this could really escalate. Any, any one of you guys think uh, that this could escalate into a, a, a war? Well, we certainly hope it doesn't. Well, of course not. Um, yeah. I, we would all love cooler heads to prevail and, and things to be to, um, to work work out much much smoother than, than you play there. But, um, yeah, people are concerned about their personal safety. And they understand that the police will do everything they can to assist in most every circumstance. But that's a very long time before they can respond and, and assist people. And, and having tools, having firearms at, at your... At, at your disposal, you know, at the, the rapid access to uh, a fire extinguisher when you have a fire is very valuable. Uh, having rapid access to a firearm when you're uh, attacked is can be very, very valuable, can save your life. And uh, more and more, um, we're seeing uh, Americans arm themselves uh, with, and, you know, I'm amazed at the number of new gun buyers uh, some of which even, you know, when they come in, say, you know, I've always been opposed to guns. I've never wanted a gun. We're here to buy two guns today. And uh, that's played itself out over and over um, in um, April, May, June through July and, and still going on now. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad that, that people are taking responsibility for, for themselves. And, you know, we do everything we can to encourage them to find a good trainer like JoeGilbert.us to, um, Thank you, Larry. to, uh, you know, to, to get the skill set to use the hardware. You know, uh, focusing on the hardware is, is ill-placed focus. Uh, focus on that, on that software, on that programming, on that training, regardless of the tools you have at your disposal, will put you in a much better position than just buying a gun. Well, I, I was going to ask you about the new customers, and I feel sorry for people who are late to the game. You know, uh, those of us who have uh, been practicing, who went out and purchased firearms, who recognize the value of, of uh, self-defense, we're pretty much already armed and ammoed up. Uh, but if you're, you know, late to the game, you may be struggling. We'll talk a little bit more about that and whether or not previous customers are buying more guns from Larry. You're listening to Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is Gary on Guns, and I'm joined by Joe Gilbert at joegilbert.us. You want to get a concealed carry permit, that's great, but you got to go beyond that, and he offers classes that go way beyond that. He'll tell you things, he'll teach you things that he won't even talk about on the air for fear that the bad guys will hear how they're going to be defeated. Uh, so, uh, JoeGilbert.us. Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement, also a firearms trainer, uh, and a good shot. And then there's the uh, incredibly handsome Larry Wayland. Yeah. From yeah, the Brown Station location. <laughs> yeah, he is. Over at Modern Arms. <laughs> Aren't yeah. you yeah, supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> we got that all screwed up. Uh, that's okay. I'll do it all. That's fine. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Wind him up and let him go. Started, sort of drifted into his Barry White voice there for a minute. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gary. <laughs> uh, uh, that probably turned that probably turned Brian on a little bit, but okay. 
<laughs> I lost control of the show already. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The mic came on. Yeah, there he goes thinking he had control of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. So I was going to ask Larry. Uh, you, you you mentioned that uh, you're getting a lot of new customers. And by the way, we'll go to the phones in just a second. But you mentioned you're getting a lot of new customers. Uh, and, and my lament is it's too bad they didn't get on board earlier when it was easier to, to find what you were looking for. But are you getting a lot of customers who are doubling down that uh, have always had firearms but are now going, yeah, maybe i got to get a little bit more? Uh, is there a lot of that going on, or are they just looking for ammo? Well, we're seeing some of that gear. I mean, you know, uh, um, gun enthusiasts are always on the prowl for for a deal. Um, so that that still that still remains. Um, and uh, you know, some people that have uh, have come to the to the uh, to the sport to the to the self defense world, um, you know, in in the past years. You know, some people are, oh, I really should have, you know, my timing was off. I really, you know, if you ever find a chance to get one of these, help me find it, you know, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, that, that, that exists, too. Um, you know, the people that uh, had already, uh, already taken the step and bought their first firearm, um, you know, some of them are looking for different tools, different, uh, more specific uh, products. And we're doing what we can to help source those. Uh, you know, the inventory um, is is horrible uh, industry wide. You know, America basically bought all the guns, um, and that that's an overstatement. There's still firearms available, but you nope. know, we used to be able to sell a, a, a Taurus nine millimeter, like the G two G three. You know, that was a, a three hundred dollar sub sub three fifty mm-hmm. firearm. Those have all been bought. I don't have the access to get those guns. And we watched it as, you know, as March, April, May, and June were going, um, you know, the, the product lines were selling through. And, you know, the manufacturers are still making them, but the the, the industry is, is based on a just-in-time inventory, you know, that nobody can hold a lot, of, a lot of inventory. And the distributors that do hold large, large numbers of firearms, um, you know, as the months progressed, you know, the, the cheapest gun I could, uh, cheapest 9mm handgun I could buy was then $500. And then the cheapest one was $600. And then, you know, the $800 one sold through. And, you know, I was looking at my website this morning. I think the cheapest 9mm that we can get through our normal distribution is um, north of, uh, of 900 bucks. Ooh. Um, so it, it's... What, it's which, which one is that, Larry? I'm, I'm trying to pull it up again right now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, even the high-end guns are Yeah, the high-end guns that have moved, um, you know, that used to not move as much are moving quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a, a Walther PPQ uh, Q4 uh, semi-automatic, uh, $1,300. Wow. And that's a steel, fra- steel frame gun, uh, and it's always been a $1,300 gun. You know, mm. my, my distributors haven't raised the prices on those. But that's all that's available but everything, in the supply chain. everything cheaper than that has already sold yeah, and I might, has, I has might. yet to come back into, into supply. Yeah, turkey I, I, guns, um, 454 souls, 500. Yeah. You know, the, the, the esoteric weird stuff. You know, the Alaskans, some of those are available. Some of those are available, yeah. 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 But uh, most, of the, most of the stuff Ooh. that we need, it's practical, is gone. You know, when it comes to Larry Whalen, and I've been in Modern Arms many times, the I would argue, location. Yeah, I would argue uh, <laughs> least expensive as opposed to cheapest, because uh, you, you really do have quality merchandise that's in value. there. Value. And, and, that's, uh, and that's a different story. Uh, to the phones we go. Doug is on the line. Doug, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. Thank you. Uh, I, I listen to your pro- Well, I listen to your program every chance I get through the week. And uh, yesterday just kind of solidified 
my thought that we could be in for some big problems here in the near future, you know, within the next year. Um, I, I, when I was young, I'm, I'm 64 years old. And when I was young, I had, you know, shotguns and, uh, hunted deer with 30 odd six, you know, but, but what I'm looking at is could you all put out a recommendation to people that would say, if you are afraid that you could have people come to your house and and trespass and try to do harm to you, what what type of weapon would you want to use? I, I was just thinking I I'm going out today or tomorrow to to buy a handgun. But but other than that, do you think I, I I would need anything other than that? Um, all right, I'm going to start with Larry um, on this question. I think it's going to be a little bit challenging to answer because we don't know how what your abode looks like. Uh, well, right, there's a lot of situational things that, that could help define what that tool would need to be based on, on the surroundings and the structures and other other safe areas of, of fire. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s, and I've been playing with AR-15s for a very long time, and I love that platform. And I'm convinced that is my go-to um, defensive tool um, when I'm uh, when I'm able to access a long gun. Uh, certainly, I, I carry a handgun on a daily basis, and that's my most readily available tool. But that you know, uh, for, forever has been the tool to get me to a long gun. Um, and I, I like the AR-15, and I, and I hate to to talk about the, those you know war game scenarios, but. You play them through in your mind, and um, you know I've I've become proficient with that platform. I like what it has to offer. I like uh, I prefer it over over a shotgun um, because of its uh, its standard uh, normal uh, round capacity is thirty rounds is the is the normal magazine for that gun instead of five rounds in a, in a typical shotgun. I like to have that that level of ammunition on the platform but that's that's my quick answer so hopefully well, that let me uh, let me go to a real expert because <laughs> um, you, you know you know, I mean, i'd rather i'd rather go to somebody who, well hold on a second while we get this uh, this true expert on uh on the air to explain to you what you should do in the event somebody gets uh, you know a little antsy they're maybe trying to break into your house if you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun, have the shells of 12-gauge shotgun, and I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. I promise you, who's ever coming in is not going to... You don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim, it's harder to use, and in fact, you don't need 30 rounds to protect yourself. Buy a shotgun. 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 Buy two. I forgot about Uncle Joe and <laughs> his, his good advice. I apologize. Buy two. Yeah, I'll, buy two. I'll <laughs> defer to his expertise. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll just ignore that. Uh, that uh, it didn't strike me as really a, a good... Um, <laughs> I, as I yeah. search for some relevancy to anything that Joe Biden says, especially about guns, but in general, as I as I search for relevancy, I think that um, if you looked at the uh, 
4473, I think Joe may not actually meet the criteria to be able to legally purchase a firearm anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are questions about, about certain capacities that, uh, um, yeah, well, I, that are fairly self-evident, I guess, is what we're right, going uh, with. All right, let's, let's get back. I apologize. I, I, you know, attention deficit disorder. I wandered off. Gary, uh, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Doug. Can we get back to what I asked? Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to to figure out, is there a blog post or something on the uh, net that, that I could get into and uh, determine what type of firearm I need? I, maybe I, I live in southwest Columbia. It's well, here's, here it is, Doug. What we're trying to explain to you is... Um, we can't tell exactly what's the best weapon for you in your home. We don't know what your home is like. We, we don't, don't what your, right. know what your layout yeah. is it's, like. And we don't know what your physical capacities are. Right. Can you can you yeah. wield a shotgun? Can you make a follow up shot with a twelve gauge shotgun? Can you operate a semi automatic pistol? Yeah. We don't if, ha- we don't know those. We don't have access to. Uh, but, well, here's what we do know. We do know that the AR-15 is a pretty maneuverable firearm, uh, and Larry likes that for inside his home. Uh, some others, my, my wife wants uh, wants to uh, keep the shotgun loaded by the side of the bed. Uh, that's what she thinks is best for her. It, these these are decisions you can make in consultation. You, you're not going to see anything on a website that will say, this is what's best for your house and for you. Uh, right. this, Nothing that you can trust. Yeah, and, and this is what this is what I'll throw out for you. If there were a perfect answer to the self-defense, home defense question, quite literally... They would only manufacture one firearm, and that would be that firearm because yeah. it's the perfect answer to every equation. Um, just based on what little you've told us, Doug. If you live in the city, in a perfect, if you live in the city, depending on whether you own your own home, how big your lot is, what the you know the construction of your your home is, whether it's brick, whether it's you know stick, whatever it is. There's so many different questions in there. I mean, I'll give you. A, I mean broad-based answer if you're not much of a shooter um you know other than hunting um probably would have been a high capacity nine millimeter you know glock series you uh, h&k springfield something like that good luck finding one in these times um so i mean there's okay so nine millimeter yeah you're not going to find any ammo for a nine millimeter now is what is the problem yeah so so i've i've, I've shot a 45 you know, a nine eleven volt ACP a number of times just because. Uh, Doug, we've I, right, Doug, 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 we got to go to a break. Buddy. I have I have no choice. I have to go to a commercial. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I will leave you on hold. I don't normally do that, and then we'll get your call and others who are in line on Gary on Guns on Hot Talk ninety three nine Eagle. Fifty two minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It's Gary on Guns. Uh, joined by Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Scott Van Kirk, former law enforcement officer and firearms trainer. Not at the Brown Station location. And uh, <laughs> Joe Gilbert from <laughs> JoeGilbert.us, uh, who is uh, going to train you not just to get your license, but how to really protect yourself under what situations, what do you do. He'll help you understand that. JoeGilbert.us. In the meantime, Doug is on the line. He's looking for the perfect handgun for home defense. He shot a 1911, he says. Uh, but, you know, we're, it's, it's something, Doug, that you're going to have to go into the store. Uh, and, I, and I have no, no qualms recommending a, a, a lot of stores. Uh, Larry Wayland is, uh, uh, you know, really great at this. Uh, and 
you know, let them sort through it. You know, if, if for instance, uh, as you get older, you have uh, diminishing hand strength, you might want to get a revolver or maybe an EZ that uh, is easier to rack. Lots of questions you're not going to find on a website. Yeah, but but uh, swing in, and our, our, our staff will, will guide you through a list of questions trying to get you matched up with something you can be successful with. Um, you know, we do have uh, a high-capacity 9mm. We posted out on uh, Facebook this morning. It's on the Gary on Gun site. And, that's a, that's and if it, I don't buy it. Yeah, the HKP30 9mm <laughs> um, <laughs> sells at 835 And we do have ammunition available for sale with each of the firearms we have. It's not a lot, and it's not cheap, but we do have rounds available for the guns we have on the shelf. Um, you know, so it, it's, it, it, has, it is becoming a challenge to get uh, ammunition, so... All right. I hope that helps, Doug. Part of the equation. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Gary, welcome to Gary on Guns. How are you? I'm fine. How are you guys this morning? Doing well. Um, hey, uh, it kind of goes along with that last uh, gentleman. Uh, you know, when you conceal and carry, you want to make sure that you use a gun enough that you can hit what you're aiming at because if you miss... Uh, you know, you might, it might go through, you might hit somebody else. And I think the same thing for your home, you know, if you're in your bedroom and the intruders in the hallway, you want to make sure that if you shoot, if that shell or that bullet goes through the walls and there's a bedroom on the other side of that intruder, do you want that ammo going into there? into that spare bedroom. You know, you might have grandkids in or kids or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and it always concerns me a little bit when I think about home defense, what gun to get, uh, you know. Uh, well, let me just even say... A, even a, even a just, 22... Let me just say, if, you're, if, if that's your concern, uh, probably the best round to protect yourself without traveling through the whole house would be uh, a 5.7, FN's 5.7. That's a round that's mm -hmm. designed... Uh, so that, you know, if it hits the drywall and, and tumbles, it, it practically falls on the other side. All right. I mean, that's an exaggeration a bit, but it's a lot safer gun. No, uh, I understand. Anybody, anybody want to kick in on that? Yeah, I do. The um, uh, There's two reasons we aim for center mass. Um, one is, is um, that's the fastest way to stop the threat. Two, you're least likely to over-penetrate and run through a wall. Hollow points, um, there's some frangible rounds, but I'm not sure that drywall will stop them, that, that you know, that break apart. Um the only, there is no ammunition that is wall safe and house safe. In the home invasion courses that we teach, we talk about mitigating the risk and how to handle things through planning and certain strategic locations of, of furniture and different types of things to protect family members. But there is no magic ammunition that's going to stop right. at a wall. That's what I, I just wanted to tell, the, you know, Doug back there. Uh, you know, even, even a twenty two. It can uh, a hyper velocity twenty two can go through eight sheets of uh, sheetrock. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's no, there's you know, you just want to be careful. You know how to use it, and uh, you know, not get carried away. That that was just my thoughts on it, guys. I just wanted to put that in there. All right, Gary. Thank you for the call. Glad to have you on Gary and Guns. Now, Larry, you know better than to bring a firearm into the studio 
Well, Scott Van Kirk is there. <laughs> he hasn't taken it apart yet. You know, I am a, amazed. It, it's in one piece currently, but that won't be like that for long. No. Because, uh, yeah, I, he's, he's a fiddler for I, sure. I'm trying not to take other people's guns. <laughs> that's why That's why Scott didn't join the Air Force, because they didn't want him pushing a red button. That's right. <laughs> what's this do? Hey, what's this do? It's nice that they put that cover over it so it doesn't get dusty. <laughs> I told you guys the story about me sitting in a B-1 bomber. No. Years ago, yeah, I was doing a syndicated radio show, and uh, I went out to, uh, it's Blackbird Air Force Base out in California, and uh, I got to see the space shuttle uh, walk right up. The doors were open. I got to see in. It was really an impressive trip. Then they, they took us to this uh, B-1 uh, bomber, and they uh, let us sit in the uh, pilot and co-pilot seat, and I sat in the co-pilot seat, and I looked down, and there's this red uh, handle. <laughs> And instantly I said to myself, I think that's probably the ejector seat. I don't want to touch that. No, that's not how they do it, Gary. They always paint stuff red that, to draw your attention to it. Yeah, well, that's what that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, Think about it. Think about Thanks. it. Stop signs are red so you see them. Yeah, yeah. well, really when the guy, the reason they do it. When they said, don't touch it, then I wanted to touch it. Like, how sensitive is it? What do you mean, don't touch it? Well, if I just nudge it, well, it. <laughs> anyway, we'll find out what Larry brought in. From Modern Arms. Station location. Uh, next on Gary on Guns.